1: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: Fan Hotline presented by Sullivan Super Service, providing trusted plumbing and HVAC service for over 50 years. Doran Dickerson, Jeff Hathorn, Pat Bostick, Nicholas Harry Cows behind the glass. And on the Fan Hotline right now joining us is Mr. Ray Fittopato of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Ray, how you doing today? How you doing this morning? Good morning, guys. How are you? Doing pretty fantastic. I I, I assume that you've, uh, you've heard what the conversation was between Bob Pompiani and Art II yesterday. Uh, I'm going to read you this quote uh, almost pretty much verbatim uh, as I have it right in front of me. Art's response to Bob Pompiani, Bob asked the question, would the Steelers trade for a quarterback? Art II's response is, as we sit here in early February, we're not closing the door on anything. We have a lot of evaluations to go through and we'll go through all of the options and do what we need, excuse me, do what we need to do to be a better team this coming season. Your initial thoughts on that, Ray?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think as an ownership group or as a front office, you never want to close the door on anything, but you know, from what I've heard about you know, Justin Fields, I think the Bears would want like a second round pick, um, you know, to acquire him. And I look at all of the needs the Steelers have. And, I mean, if you look at second-round picks over the years, guys, um, you're getting a guy like Keanu Benton, who I think is going to be um, a really good player. Mike Paulman said, uh, you know, we got to get him to a point where he's dominant. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster came in the second round. Very good player here for four years. So what I'm getting at is, like, a second-round pick isn't some type of a throwaway pick. I mean, that guy, you're expecting that guy to be, a starter eventually and, like, a contributor as a rookie. And when I think about the Sears roster, I, I think those are – in the situation they're, they're, they're in, I, I think you need those picks to sort of rebuild and, and to reload. So, to me, if you trade a second-round pick for Justin Fields, you got to pick up the option. Then you're married to him for two years. I just – I don't like it. Now, like, if you want to say the Sears have two fourth-round picks this year, uh, you want to trade one of those fourth-round picks, yeah, that, that's fine with me. But, like, a second-round pick, I, I wouldn't go there.
4: Ray, what do you think the Steelers' quarterback room is going to look like um, come July?
3: Yeah, I mean, free agency is going to tell the tale on that, Jeff. Um, and, you know, I think Arthur Smith is going to have a say in that. Um, it might turn out that Mason Rudolph could fit his offense, and, you know, the the Steelers could, could bring him back if he wants to come back. But... To me, when I look at it, as long as Ryan Tannehill would want to come here for six or eight million dollars a year as a backup with the understanding that he is the backup, to me, that's a no-brainer because you want an older quarterback as your backup to impart some wisdom on Kenny Pickett to help Kenny Pickett learn that new offense. So um, I don't know where Tannehill is right now with his decision-making, where he thinks he is with his career, but... Um, you know, as long as he's willing to acknowledge that he's a backup at this point, and as long as the money is right, I I think it would make sense to bring him in here as a backup.
5: Ray, in that quarterback room, who's coaching the, the quarterbacks? Is is Mike Sullivan back? In your opinion, and and what direction do the Pittsburgh Steelers go at receiver coach?
3: Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, yeah, that's a good point. They are interviewing candidates to to be the receivers coach now, and I you know I think they could be going through that same process with. Everyone on that offensive staff, um, you know, I, I, could see him talking to quarterbacks coaches and a running backs coaches, and it could turn out that Mike Sullivan's the best guy for the job, and he, he does come back. Um, in terms of the receivers coaches, uh, because he doesn't have anyone with him yet who has coached with him previously, I would want Arthur Smith to bring in one of his guys, uh, for the same reasons I talked about Tannehill. Um, I think an offensive coordinator should have some guys on his staff that he's worked with in the past, that he's comfortable with. And, um, you know, I think that's a perfect opportunity to do that. Um, And it has to be a guy with some cachet, like somebody who can reach a guy like George Pickens, um, somebody who can maybe be a little bit firmer with him. Um, And I know that all goes back to Mike Palman. Mike Palman probably – Should have had a firmer hand with everything that went down in Indianapolis this year. But, um, yeah, I I think it should be Smith's hire. I think it should be somebody who can maybe, um, you know, have a little bit more um, influence on those guys and how those guys play and how those guys behave, um, you know, both in the locker room and on the football field.
2: Fan Twitter brought to you by South Hills Kia and Peters Township. Visit them at SouthHillsKia.net. Ray Fittopaldo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette is with us right now. What about Heinz Ward? I know you just said that you would would like for the fact and you would think that the fact that uh, Arthur Smith as the offensive coordinator would make the hire, but would somebody like Heinz Ward be a good fit as a receiver coach for the Steelers?
3: He certainly has the cachet, right? I mean, Super Bowl MVP, toughest receiver to ever play the game, guy who's been on the Hall of Fame ballot. Um, You know, it's interesting. You guys are, are younger than me and you play college football more recently than I have, it's, it's amazing to me. I used to play with guys who didn't know who the current players are in the NFL. They just played football. They were good at it and they didn't know who the great players were in the NFL. So I, like, I just wonder, like, does, does George Pickens even know what Heinz Ward did? You know what I mean? It's, he probably does cause he's a Georgia guy and, you know, he's probably familiar with from, from, from Georgia, but there's just that weird dynamic sometimes that, uh, You know, the guys who are in the NFL don't really have a sense of history or a sense of, you know, what guys did um, when they played. So I I think Heinz Ward would be great if he could mesh with Arthur Smith. Um, You know, I don't know if there's a relationship there at all between those guys. Um, I doubt that there is. But, yeah, I mean, as long as he meshes well with Smith and, um, you know, you could do that, I I think Heinz Ward would be a great fit um, as a coach in the NFL. He wanted to do it after Daryl Drake passed away, but he was under contract with the Jets and it just hasn't you know just hasn't worked out here the last couple of times they've needed a receivers coach either.
4: Ray, you know it'd be a great receivers coach? Ronald Ocean. <laughs> Which is the uh, name maybe used to give to himself in the locker room.
3: Yeah. What's uh what's Ronald up to these days? Uh,
4: Ronald yeah. Ocean. It might there yeah. might be some legalities, some things that he, they've got to work out, but hey, do you think that they there's been discussions about adding to the size of the offensive staff, adding a senior advisor or, or another quality control or something along those lines. Art was asked about it. Mike was asked about it. They both said they were, you know, up for that. Do you think we will see that this year?
3: Yeah, I, I would like to see it. Um, and I, I think it's good that Mike has an open mind about that. Um, you know, he's had bigger staffs in the past, maybe staffs with more, cachet than what he has right now so um i I think mike vrabel would be a great hire um you know unfortunately jim caldwell is sticking with the panthers i think he would be a great hire but guys like that guys who have been head coaches um guys who can maybe be a different set of eyes for your team somebody who hasn't been here but somebody could sit back and say challenge somebody hey why are you doing this this way well why don't you try this i mean I, i think that's always good for an organization so I, I haven't heard anything along those lines that maybe it's going to be a bigger name um but hey listen maybe maybe arthur smith hires a different quarterbacks coach and maybe mike sullivan stays on as an assistant ac uh, hc just because he's so well respected in that building so you know maybe uh, maybe something like that will transpire I, I would be all for a big name but i just i haven't heard those rumblings uh just yet
2: what about eric biennium
3: yeah. Same situation. Um, you know, I, I think Eric, the enemy, you know, we talked about the Shanahan and McVay trees, um, in previous weeks. And, you know, the Steelers obviously didn't go that route, but, um, he would be a different voice, um, you know, giving you a different perspective. The only issue is you're bringing in a, a new OC and, you know, Arthur Smith has his way of doing things and it's, it's completely different from the way Andy Reed does things. So, um, you know, in theory, I would be okay with that, but again, like I said at the top guys, if you're gonna add to your staff, why not add guys that Arthur Smith has coached with in the past, or he knows that would help him install his system?
5: Ray, I don't know if you saw this report but I think the Pittsburgh Steelers might be intimidated by Mike Vrabel's size and <laughs> stature. Um so uh, I I I know, hire, but, I know it's a good hire but I know it's a good hire but I don't want Omar to you know get nervous get nervous.
3: You know I, I What a ridiculous that, report. Oh my goodness.
5: Who's that GM? That <laughs> anonymous GM that reported that? Like
3: what what are we doing? Yeah. I did not see that GM at the Senior Bowl like uh, like Diane did but I Pat, I thought it was a joke. And then I saw uh, Bucky Brooks from NFL.com, former player in the league. I think he actually worked in the front office, too. He actually backed her up and said that was a thing. So you know that type of stuff doesn't go on in Pittsburgh. There's no one in that in that Sears organization is, that's intimidated in that way. But I don't know. I mean, you could see, like, some of these guys who – who have never done it? They they buy these teams because they're billionaires, and they don't want that confrontation. So I, I was surprised that that's a thing, but hey, apparently it is. Wow,
4: Ray, you mentioned Senior Bowl. What did you learn about what the Steelers are thinking by your time down there and and seeing the Steelers interact at the <laughs> Senior Bowl?
3: Yeah, I mean, you have to be careful with uh, you have to be careful with the observations down there. I, I think they mean something, but doesn't necessarily mean that's the exact direction they're going to go in the draft. But I I can tell you guys that they were heavily focused on offensive linemen, centers, and tackles, all offensive linemen. And they were keeping a close eye on the corners and the receivers too. So my first mock draft came out today. I I have them picking a center out of Oregon, um, uh, Jackson Powers, Johnson. Um, But it could be a tackle too. I mean, this draft for tackles, I mean, they're – some of these mocks that you look at, there are eight tackles going in the first round, so they could double down and get a tackle, too. But just my sense is after the first step in the draft process, and you know we'll have the combine in the pro days after this, but my first impression is it's going to be an offensive lineman. I'm just not sure yet if it's going to be a center or a tackle.
2: All right, Ray, who do you like in the Super Bowl?
3: Oh, man, I, this one's tough for me to pick. I don't have a great feel for it, but – I'm going to go 49ers. They had that 10-point lead a couple years ago. They let it get away. I think Shanahan and uh, company get it done this time.
2: Thank you, Ray. We'll talk to you next
3: week. All right, guys. See, ya. See you. See you,
2: There he goes, Rayfield Apollo of the Post-Gazette. Coming up, I have a strong intuition that the next wide receiver coach for the Pittsburgh Steelers is going to be a former player, but not the former player that I think everybody's thinking of. That's my strong intuition.
1: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: Fan text line brought to you by Edgar Snyder and Associates, a personal injury law firm where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. Dickerson, Bostick, Hathorne, Callis, with you on the Fan Morning Show. Uh, I have a strong intuition and brought this name up yesterday of who is going to be the next Wide receiver coach for the Pittsburgh Steelers. A lot of people, uh, rightfully so, uh, want Hines Ward. And what he brought to the table as a player, he's been in the coaching circuit for a little bit. Can Uh, I guess before? Yes, you you can guess.
4: Does it start with L and end with
2: Imus? Nope. (laughs) Nope, not him. Not him. Um, Randall L's name has been brought up. He is the receivers coach for the Detroit Lions. Uh, Did interview for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as the offensive coordinator so there could be a situation where they uh promote uh randwell as a pass game coordinator and wide receivers coach but i think that they absolutely and i have a strong feeling in him being around last year in training camp him loving it just saw a video surface of him uh doing some type of drill looking like he could still play as steve smith steve smith is a no-nonsense wide receiver uh as a player and he's a no nonsense guy just as a whole if you watch him whenever he's on NFL network uh he says things he doesn't shy away from anything and from my viewpoint i feel like that that wide receivers room and not just my viewpoint i mean ray just alluded it to alluded to it as well um you do need a culture changer in that wide receiver room. It's more about X's and O's. You don't need really need somebody to go in there and to say, okay, this is how you run uh, you know, a bang eight. This is how you run a comeback route. George, you got to, you know, get your footwork, right? I don't think that they need that in that room. Every receiver needs some fine tuning, but that isn't the focus. The focus is the culture and the mentality and the mindset of that wide receiver room. To me, there's nobody better out there that probably would want a coach that loves the game that played at a high level and was very, very small doing that too. He played like he was six six, but he was really five foot eight. Steve Smith would be an unbelievable, and the perfect candidate for the Steelers' wide receiver job, in my opinion.
5: Mm, I'm not there. Nope. Really? No. I want a guy that's coached.
0: Playing coaching, you want, and
5: coaching? I mean, you want a guy that can change co- that room? Yes. I want that too. But I playing coaching are two different things. But what for George Pickens? You're putting put a new offense in okay. where you're going to have specificity to how it's installed. I'm with Ray. I want someone that's worked with Arthur Smith.
2: T.J. Yates? He was their receivers coach. And a quarterback. So And a
5: quarterback. You, you, I think you're going to get all the enforcement you need from Arthur Smith. I think the important thing in that room is a track record of maximizing talent and getting high performance and and sometimes the best players don't do that like I, I prefer a guy like Randall L over Steve Smith he's coached before it's, it, to walk out of a TV booth and coach right away I don't know see I I love the
4: mindset idea of it and the buy-in that I think he would get and I I know you're taking a risk mm-hmm. um but just the mentality that this guy played with
5: yeah same with Heinz Ward.
4: Absolutely. Not as
5: outspoken, but same with Heinz Ward, and he's coached. So that's just my personal opinion. I agree on the culture side of it, but there is a, a level of detail to play in the receiver position at a high level that I think having coach gives you an advantage to, to manifest out of players. In what way? Just the, the detail of route running, the detail of alignment, the detail of understanding the why of a play. You don't think Steve Smith, who's I do, but he hasn't he hasn't played in how long now? He hasn't played, in – the game's changed a lot in eight years. How the games coached, how the games I mean, it's different. I, I think a lot of guys could coach, mm-hmm. but do they coach? Does he want to coach? I I, I mean, I just am I'm enamored with it. I, I think it's I, I I'm interested, but I I'm I stop short of being like boom, that's the guy.
4: Oh, see I would I would stamp that one. Oh, yeah. Right there.
5: Like yes.
4: For for,
2: for We're allowed to disagree. Yes. Yeah, for sure. But like I mean, for what he would bring to the table I think outweighs more than, you know, a coaching experience. I think they need the experience of of changing the mindset of that room over, you know, route running. Like Steve Smith alignment, the, the little details of an offense. I'm sure that Steve Smith who is even a, he, I mean, he's one of the better receivers, top 10 receiver. Um, year in and year out whenever he played, I think he could figure those things out if he's underneath a roof, you know, eight hours, 10
5: hours, 12 hours a day, if he really wanted to be there. Yeah, see, I, I, unless you have information, I don't, is there speculation that he wants the job? Or is this just like... This is somebody that I would reach out to to see if he would want the job. Right. See, I, I mean, again, you got two guys in that room that didn't block a lick most of the year last year, too. Who's the best blocking receiver in NFL history? Heinz Ward.
2: I mean, if it was between Heinz Ward and Steve Smith, don't get me wrong, I'm picking Heinz yeah, Ward, but I'm saying that those if Heinz Ward similar
4: mentalities in similar situations, although to your point, Heinz does have a little bit of coaching
5: experience. Right. I don't I mean again, I do I don't hate I, it. I don't hate it, but I'm not like, boom, done.
4: Yeah, I think the I think they would get the buy in that you you need, and I think he could teach some of those finer points. I, I get what what you're saying. I just think I think those guys need someone. Frisman Jackson can coach, but you can't type in Frisman Jackson mm-hmm. and see, oh, damn, Hines Ward, Steve Smith. Damn, any of those guys could look that yeah, up. He and- was in
5: training camp. Right. Yeah.
2: I, I, I just think that what he it would outweigh some of the things that you would get from a traditional receiver coach if you brought in somebody like that that actually – and, you know, the respect factor too. And I, I'm, I'm like, like I want to reiterate this. Like, if it's between Steve Smith and Hines Ward, Hines Ward all day. I'm saying that if Hines Ward and if that relationship isn't great, I don't know what the situation is with the Steelers and right. Hines Ward and Mike Tomlin and Hines Ward. But you would think that if those, if the situation was great between Hines Ward and Mike Tallman, then Hines Ward would have been the receiver coach whenever he's here in training camp a couple of years ago. But he wasn't. They went a different direction.
5: Right. So
2: and, and
4: if I if I were if Tomlin were to hire Hines Ward, the first thing I would do if I was Tomlinson. Man, I, there's a lot of people who don't think you can do this.
2: Yeah, just, you know, light like the fire underneath them. I mean, and, and same with Steve Smith. I mean, that's exactly the way he played. Uh, fan, fan Morning Show Twitter poll, Twitter poll is brought to you by PJ Fitzpatrick, home improvement, pj.com. Would you want to see, Pat, would you want to see uh, an up-and-coming college wide receiver coach to bring in a fresh uh, ideas as the receiver coach, or do they not have time to waste on – Seeing if a guy can make the transition to college from college to pro.
5: Yeah, I, I, I prefer pro probably. I, I, I do think a, the respect factor of having been in the NFL uh, as both a player and a coach is important. Um, whether you play receiver or quarterback or what, whatever. Um, you know, I, I prefer pro. Personally, I think the game's much different in college too. Um, from, a, and, and not that you know, I, I agree with you, Doran, that. The um, kind of the tactical part of the receiving coaching position is not that important, you know, the, the understanding of, of tactics, but how you know the RPO prevalence in college football and how that game's played, how spread out the, the field is, with you know these hairy splits and hashes and things like that. Um, I, I prefer pro from a respect factor standpoint and from a familiarity with what Arthur Smith's going to do.
4: It's not that you won't get resumes from college guys. Absolutely. I mean,
5: they'll be chomping at the bit. Mm-hmm.
2: Especially just because of the situations we've just... No no question. We just talked about. You're going to want to see... I mean, you might get an offensive coordinator that's a college offensive coordinator that wants to be the receivers coach in the NFL. I, I think that that'll be a definitely a possibility as the time moves forward. I just don't know if the Steelers are in a place where they can take on a situation like that and how, how immediate they... It feels like they want to win. I don't think you have time to... To see if something's going to work, you need to have something work immediately uh, at every position and coaching hire that they uh, make this offseason coming up next uh, Super Bowl X's and O's with Pat and Jeff and I will give our thoughts and keys to the game on the Super Bowl. Uh, Pat's going to give his X's and O's on how the offense of the 49ers can beat the Chiefs defense and how the, the Chiefs offense can beat the 49ers defense and who will end up winning the game. We'll do some X's and O's on the Super Bowl, and Jeff and I
0: will chime in next. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites.
2: Fan Morning Show brought to you by Armstrong Comfort with Matt Mertz Plumbing, Dickerson, Hathorn, Bostick, Kaus behind the glass here on the Fan Morning Show. Let's do some X's and O's and who's going to win the game on Sunday. Uh, you got the 49ers, you got the Chiefs, big Super Bowl matchup, Travis Kelsey, actually Travis Swift and uh, his girlfriend, Taylor Swift. We'll the be autumn there.
5: wind was a pirate.
2: She, uh, she's coming from Tokyo, I think. I think she's going to catch a flight after her concert. But well, let's do some X's and O's, Pat. Let's you do wanna, it. You want to start with uh, the 49ers offense
5: and how they're going to beat the Chiefs defense? It comes down to running the ball on Christian McCaffrey. Chiefs have second-ranked defense in the National Football League. Might surprise you. They played some really good defense under Spagnola. Their bugaboo has been rush defense, 18th in the league, 107 yards a game yielded. Guess who's got the fourth-best rush offense in the NFL? The third-best, actually, the 49ers. Mm -hmm. I think they want to control the line of scrimmage and get McCaffrey going. If they do that, they'll win the game. Defensively, how do you stop the 49ers if you're the Chiefs? Well, it's committing the eighth element to the box. It's mixing things up. It's run pressures at times. I I think Spagnuolo's been about as multiple on defense as anyone in the league. I, I think your game plan, quite simply, and I'm not, I am not—I don't know the, every intricate detail of schematically how to do it, make Brock Purdy beat you. Make Brock Purdy beat you because if they keep, if they are able to slow the run game down for San Francisco, particularly late in the game, you get San Francisco behind the chains. You let those guys, the Chiefs are up in the top three in the league in sacks. You let those guys start eating and uh, getting after the passer. So, it, But it starts with stopping the run, and it's easier said than done because McCaffrey's been on a run. Jeff, keys of the game? Eighth element.
4: I mm-hmm. love that. Now I do too. Not eight in the box, the eighth mm-hmm. element. The <laughs> eighth element.
2: Yeah. Keys That's of the good. game if you're the 49ers offense and the Chiefs defense.
4: All right, you're the 49ers offense. I mean, you've got to keep. Purdy can't make mistakes. He's just got to find, make the obvious read, get the ball to your playmakers. Lee do what Harvey Oswald. Done. Do <laughs> it. Right. Oh do it. You, do you've done all year. Uh, if if you're the San Francisco defense trying to stop the Chiefs, right? Is that where, you want, where we're going here? I think San Fran just has to eliminate big plays, keep everything in front of them. I don't. I don't think really Kansas City has big playmakers on their team. I mean, obviously their quarterback, but you're. I mean, they don't have a Tyreek Hill anymore. They don't have a guy that's going to. I mean, who knows what Tony's if Tony's going to dress or how that could disrupt everything. Kelsey can make some plays. He can make some chunk plays, but he's not going to burn you for seventy. Keep that game in front of you.
2: If you are the 49ers offense, use every resource to your disposal, to your to your uh, confidence in the offense. Use Debo Samuel as a running back no doubt. as you had uh, throughout the season. Your personnel is your biggest asset. Uh, not saying that you need to hide Brock Purdy, but use Debo Samuel on even jet sweeps. I know that's familiar here in Pittsburgh. Use Debo Samuel as a sidecar next to Brock Purdy and Christian McCaffrey as the other sidecar. Use Ms. Christian McCaffrey in the slot. Uh, and Debo Samuel in the other slot. George Kittle flex him out a little bit. Use check. Use the fullback in different ways. Mm. Use all your personnel to every every uh, bit of your assets. And I think that you have a good chance against the Kansas City defense. As Pat said, for me, Kansas City defense, get after Brock Purdy, get after him. If you think he's a game manager, let him show you he's a game manager. But if you if you hone in and make sure the other guys don't beat you, don't let Brock Purdy beat you, and get after him, Pat. Kansas City offense, 49ers defense.
5: Oh, I mean, the key to Kansas City's resurgence have been really – it's Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs, but it's been Travis Kelsey. He's turned into a different player. He's second in the league in postseason receiving yards. set a bunch of touchdowns. If I'm Kansas City, I'm getting him involved early. And then if they start to do what I think San Francisco will do is they're going to say, we got to slow him down. They're going to leave Rice one-on-one. And he has been, outside of Puka Nakua – Probably, I mean, the most surprising young receiver in the NFL this year. I mean, not highly regarded, highly touted, but comes in and has an instant impact. He's fourth in the league in postseason receiving yards. Obviously, they've played three games. San Francisco has only played two. But to me, I'm I'm making Mahomes go anywhere other than Kelsey mm-hmm. if I'm San Francisco defensively, and that also. You know, you got to rely on Fred Warner in this defense to slow down Pacheco, who is another, you know, another key for for the Kansas City Chiefs and is leading the league in rushing in the postseason. So they're coming at you two different ways. To me, the biggest thing, though, the thing that gives them juice and gets them going, is that Mahomes to Kelsey connection that got going early against Baltimore, and that was all she wrote.
4: Just taking them all. By the way, I realized I screwed up with the defense. No, you're, no, you're good. You're McC- good yeah. McCaffrey, you need to slow down. You can't let McCaffrey Beach. It's going back to the other one. But for Kansas City, it's three words. Putt, check, go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> three words. Mm-hmm. Putt, check, go. If he's able to establish a ground game, then it's going to be problems.
5: Yeah, I mean, if San you look Francisco. at this front for San Francisco, if they stop the run, and we've seen Mahomes is one of the best, and we heard we, we got this from Brad, Spiel, Brad Spielberger, one of the best sack avoidance in the history of the NFL. But look at this front. Hargraves. Bosa. Chase Young. Who? Yeah, I'll take Chase Young if he's going to take a playoff every four. Because the dude's a freak. A freak. He's a total freak. And they've got they've got guys in the wings yeah. behind him. Yeah, and you put pressure where Fred Warner can make a game-changing play. Yep. There's no question. I mean, but we know San Francisco is good enough defensively to to make you one-dimensional. They're going to. I don't see them – I see them saying, okay, come beat us, Pacheco. Beat us at our own game. They don't want to get into a firefight with Patrick Mahomes and Brock Purdy. There's two different ways this game can go. If it's a ball-control, low-scoring game, I like San Fran. If it gets going early and you start trading blows, I like – San Francisco's kind of – they got big plays, don't get me wrong. They're kind of a body blow team. Mm -hmm. They kind of body blow you, and then all of a sudden you – we saw that in Detroit. They got down early. And just, they just chipped away. Kansas City, the fireworks start going off. It's That's the kind of game they want to play.
2: If I am the 49ers defense, exactly what Pat just said, try to make Kansas City one-dimensional. Don't give them a two-way option. Don't give them both Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Pacheco. Make them one-dimensional. I think that that's your best route of slowing them down. Now, on the opposite side, if I'm Kansas City, Justin Watson, who I said is going to score a touchdown, Bryce, um, Tony, <laughs> those guys need to step up. I mean, not step up where they got to take over a game, but you know that Mahomes and Kelsey are going to be, their connections is going to to get them going and keep them going. If you can get one or two plays from your role players, you'll have a good chance on offense. I think Just that one or
5: two plays. That big catch that Valdez Scantling had at yes. the end of the game. Yes. Don't think that doesn't b- build some confidence for him. And he's. Guys had a really good career and he is he's dropped more than he's caught deep this year but he he's usually open down the field could be a key to the game too if if Kansas City wants explosives listen to Cook and Joe every Wednesday to hear about
2: Starkey's Carter of the week from Baseball Card Castle and Cranberry Contest run every Wednesday through Friday at 12 p.m. at the 937thefan.com contesting page coming up big win for the penguins last
6: night it just stems from simple you know, simple plays and putting pucks at the net and having having a presence there. And so, um, I thought both units, you know, did a good job. They had some pretty good looks. They weren't forcing plays. that weren't there. They take what they was was given. We had a net presence, uh, but we had sticks in the right areas where we can we could contest any rebound. Because uh, positionally, I thought we were in the right spots. So uh, I thought they they executed and. Uh, obviously those two power play goals are are a big part of the game.
2: 50-minute mark on the fan brought to you by South Hills Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Route 19 in Peters Township celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. That was Mike Sullivan, head coach of the Pittsburgh Penguins, talking about the successes of the power play last night. Two power play goals, Rust and Carter had those goals. 23 saves for Tristan Jari, uh, another shutout, as well as the Penguins won 3-0 over Winnipeg. Tristan Jari uh, embarked on his sixth shutout this season in the NHL, which is the league lead, uh, guys, uh, this is Jeff. You were at the game and you said it was a low eventful game, but they did what they needed to do to win. And they seemingly had fixed an issue that was very glaring
4: at least if only for a night they, they did. And it didn't start out great that five minute power play, but they just put bodies in front of the net. And it's amazing. Shoot the puck on the net and have somebody there to t- do something with the rebound. Jeff Carter did it. Brian Russ did it. That sealed the game there at 3 nothing. I mean, Winnipeg just – I mean, it was over then. I mean, they still had time to play, but that was ball game right there.
5: Two or three on the power play makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. You're right. Just those deflections and playing a little bit of ugly hockey. You know, for so many years, I think the Penguins have played such a pretty brand of hockey, but, but playing a little bit of an ugly brand that, Hey, if if it produces wins, you'll take it. And it's not playing
4: not to lose. They're not playing that system, but it's just don't go for the home run. You don't, you don't have to go for the home run. And it's amazing when you do the right things, how things will develop. And I think that's been a hard message for guys with that type of elite talent to embrace, Uh, especially when you add in a new guy like Carlson and your immediate thought is Oh, uh, we just had, you know, we added the superstar. Now it's gonna even be more spectacular. When what they really needed to do is get more basic. And that's what they did at least for a game.
2: Were were people antsy at PBG Paints Arena last night? Uh I, I know that you said earlier that there were a little bit of chance of Fire Reardon, who's the special teams coach, power play coach for the for the Penguins. And uh, it did the atmosphere feel like there was uh, some Tension at any points of the game and then kind of a sigh of relief whenever you see the final score.
4: I mean, the Pens took advantage. Latang got a turnover and was able to backhand it in, but it was only a one nothing lead, and you're thinking, Okay. And then Achari goes down and there's that fear about Achari's health. So that that's entering your mind. Um, so there's that kind of cloud over the over the arena, and then the first minute of the power play, and it's like, ah. Uh, mm. They got that one. And then the fact that they followed it back up. And then, you know, to your point, I mean, you don't get a shutout without making at least a few really nice saves. Tristan Jari made some nice saves. And I think his save percentage now against – he's 5-0 against Winnipeg all the time. I think his save percentage is like 970 against the Jets. So look for him to get the start Tristan on Saturday at Winnipeg. Yeah,
5: had no question.
2: The, I mean, that, that deal is looking uh, obviously better and better. As the time goes on, he's playing uh, pretty well this season, so good on him. Doug Whaley joins the Fan Morning Show next. Doug is sponsored by Tri-State Office Furniture, the best in the business. First fan weather brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. Check out special financing for qualified buyers on the new Silverado 1500 trucks. Today, high of 52, low of 26, partly cloudy. Tomorrow, high of 57, and low of 32 with overcast.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance.